When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, and welcome to the 68th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp, and I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host. Now, you may have noticed the sound is a little bit different today. I'm not recording at my home. As usual, we're recording live at Tabletop Village in Seattle, Washington. We're going to be talking with the owner of the best local game store in the entire country. Brian Myers is with me today. Brian, how are you doing? I am doing great. Hi, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is an episode that I think all competitive players wanted, but they didn't know they wanted. And you might be able to to kind of go off of this as well, but everyone who's ever played a competitive CCG, competitive card game, has wanted to own a card store. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like owning a card store, what got you into it, and most importantly, for those wondering of like, oh, is this going to be you know a lot of talk about Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh? No. Tabletop Village specializes in Pokemon. Those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the wall behind us. This is Brian's office. This is a thing that is always here. So if anyone visits Seattle, first and foremost, come visit. It is amazing here. It is Pokemon-centric. But also, as you'll see as we talk to this man, he is one of the nicest people that you will meet. And, or at least he's good at lying about being nice. And most importantly, he knows Seattle. So if you ever visit Seattle and you're wondering, what do I want to do? Come talk to this man down here at Tabletop Village in the International District. So, Brian, I want to start off. Mm-hmm. How did you come to own a card store? Mostly because I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, fair. I, I would I would say I, be, I we became and and when I say we, it's it's our it's my family, uh-huh. right? And yes, I own it, um, but my whole family participates. And the number one reason is. Because we had a five and a half year old who loved to play Pokemon. And his name is Plaris. He's now 12. We've been playing for seven years. In a couple um, of weeks, he will be the junior world champion. He is going to be the junior world champion. <laughs> it, it's actually, it's, it's, closer than you, it's closer than you think, too. It is. He's got yeah. that day two invite. He's got the day two invite. He's been working with a lot of folks on getting good at, his, at what deck he wants to play. It would be great. Um, but I would say... We started playing Pokemon five and a half years ago because Katie, who was a professor back then, we were at Emerald City Comic Con, mm-hmm. and she sat down and taught us how to play for two days. And then we learned how to play Pokemon. So yeah. this is one of those success stories of those learn-to-play things that competitive yes. players look at at a regional or something, or a Comic Con, for example, yes. and they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, who's yeah. going to do that? Yeah. It did, in fact, convert. It converted. That's so good to hear. Yeah, it converted from a player to a store owner. Like, <laughs> what a great job you did, Pokemon. That's beautiful. That they, the they've win. done what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You got someone. <laughs> um, but that's that was the start of us playing Pokemon. And so then I started buying cards from a dude named Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jimmy had a, a store, an online store, and he would show up at the local game stores. Yep. And he would basically sell Pokemon cards out of his trunk. 
That's mm-hmm. what it was, right? It was he was one of those online stores, but he was a local guy and he was in the community. He knew a lot of people. He actually sponsored um Pablo uh mellow yellow at the time right they were yellow all... swallow yellow swallow. I, I gotta put yes, some respect yes, yes, on saying that yes, was yes, one of the yes, first yes, people yes, I watched. Swallow, yes yellow swallow <laughs> yes um and he was like he was out there jimmy was doing things yeah um and then jimmy got a job <laughs> a real job a really well-paying job yeah and it was like hey brian i'm selling my inventory do what do you want to buy because i bought he knew that i bought a lot and i was like i want to buy the business he's like <laughs> Really? And I was like, yeah, let me just keep it going because we need it. And we'll get into that story why we need it more later on the street or down the road. Yeah. But we we needed it and I didn't want it to just go away. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I already had looked into how do we get cards outside of Jimmy? Yeah. And then there's distributors, but you had to have a business license. And then I called a distributor like, oh, you have to get on the list and then you have to get this and you have to get that and you have to do all these things yep. and jump through all the hoops to get like be able to buy cards. So I was like, oh, I don't want to really do that. Jimmy, let me just let me buy your business. And it was like, the name too? And I was like, yeah, I like the name. It's a good name. It's a good name. And really he wanted it to be a place where we could play Pokemon mm-hmm. and on a tabletop, not just the video games, but we play the video games too, right? Yep. There, um, there's a lot of stuff you can do here. Yes. And and it'd be a village. And yep. the, the biggest part is the village part, right? Where People can't, it takes a village to raise a kid. Yep. And that's the main premise behind it. Is Which is, it is the best thing about that analogy is there is a Pokemon summer camp going on here <laughs> for yes. a handful of kids who are currently out there in the store yes. doing whatever they're all playing games together. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the, it takes a village to raise a kid is literally happening here at the store. Yes. And that's, that's how we became literally a store owner. I mean, there was a lot of things to do. Yeah. Um, we started off small and simple, right? We started buying cards from distributors, mm-hmm. getting orders from whoever was around, yeah. putting together orders, going to the tournaments, handing off the orders, right? Like, that's what we did. Like, we just had extra cards, and then we sold them what we got, whatever we would open. Mm-hmm. And we weren't, we weren't, I mean, you sell 10, 12 boxes. Yeah. You know, at like, we were selling what, for $90, $100 a piece. Yep. There isn't like no money in selling sealed product. No, because you're getting from a distributor, you're not yeah. paying like $40 for a box or whatever. No, you're still no. paying almost the same amount you're selling it Yes, for. yes. And that's, there is very little profit margin mm-hmm. in selling these boxes. Why that's, and when online you can buy them for a hundred bucks. Yep. Back then it was like, well, if you sell it online, then you got to pay for the shipping. Yep. You got to you know, box it up, you got to pay for the labor, putting it together. Yep. And then if you put it on a eBay or a, a DCG player, they're going to take their cut. Yep. So what's your margin? $5? Like, what's the <laughs> it's point? Not it, worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. It's, and it still isn't worth it. It's still, yeah. it's not worth selling that kind of stuff, like, on DCG player or a thing. Like, it's better for us to sell it to customers in store. Yeah. Which is also better for the customer. Because... It's, Anyone who's bought in a box who's listening to this, you don't, it feels bad. You're like, oh, I'm going to buy a box so great. And then you're like, a week later, this thing is yeah. going to show up and then I get to open it. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you get the pre-order and it shows up on the right time mm-hmm. or whatever. But for the most part, it's like, I want to go and I want to open it now. Like, yeah. that's what I want to do when I have a box of cards. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and wait for it to ship to me eventually. And, you know, also hope that it arrives. Some sellers are more credible than mm-hmm. others online. Yeah. You find it's offer that's too good to be true 
Oh, I have Shocker. those. <laughs> I have some too good to be true offers in my uh, glass case that were like, right, I, I paid six hundred dollars for this extra evolution box <laughs> back when it was a thousand dollars, and I was like, too good to be true. He's like, yes. <laughs> like, here's a it's all fake. All fake. We opened up one of those, actually, yeah. one of the packs. It was one of the uh, streams that we've been opening on twitch.tv slash mellow underscore magic art, my Twitch channel. Got to gotta plug it yep, in, right? Plug it in, plug it in. Every set opening we've been opening, and you gave me some of the, yeah. or one of the packs. One of the you packs. only needed to open one for it to be like, oh, this is just terrible to yeah. look at. The cards feel bad. The pack was just put together poorly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if someone could have inspected this in person, yeah. they would have known immediately. This is a fake product. Yes. But you can't see it because in a picture, it either looks good or they just send a picture of the real thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I always got to be careful there. Yeah. And I think that's, so that's, that's the origin story, right? Like that's how we started the business. And then it happened to be back in the night, you know, the early 19th, the, the late 20, <laughs> what do you call it? The late 20 teens. So tw- 2019, Okay. And before the pandemic, right, was actually started, we started looking at, oh, you know what? We're doing, like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we should open an actual store. And after, you know, two years of, like, working with the community, yeah, um, we learned that, like, the community was going to support us. Like, yes. they, they, wa- they also saw that we needed the space. We wanted somewhere to play Pokemon um, that was for... Pokemon players and Pokemon lovers. Yes. Where we didn't have it. And so I owned a Taekwondo gym um, that was given to me, gifted to me by the, the old master. Taekwondo was falling off. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't being sustainable and it was being hard to like continue to pay coaches, pay for a business and then, you know, keep the place running. Yeah. But we saw the opportunity like where the space we could convert it and then put down some tables mm-hmm. and chairs and see where, you know, see if people would come and play. And we, then did, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did, right? We, we, we did. I remember playing in here when it was a Taekwondo yeah. gym. I remember the coaches would be training someone yeah. on the other side of a wall yeah. and we were playing an expanded tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we, you, could, you could still do it. I oh, mean, yeah. and then we saw that like, okay, cool. Well, it's people will show up to play if we give them a space to play. Yep. And then... The pandemic came, Taekwondo completely died. Yep. And we're like, well, this pandemic's going to go away pretty soon. Like, let's just suck it up. Like, let's grab the tables. Let's, like, make the space. Let's put in some, you know, some shelving. Yeah. And then see if, you know, see what, when the pandemic's done, we'll be like, well, I'll be off, ready to go. Yep. Yeah. And, uh... (laughs) So... It did eventually happen. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have because, like, it was... It was super high risk. Yeah. Right? Like, even everyone else was... The one person that said was my doctor was like... And he's who was also a Pokemon player and Pokemon <laughs> dad and a Pokemon person was like, uh, this this pandemic might be around for a while. I was like, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> nah. The same person was telling me the same months. thing all the time. <laughs> Six months. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. And so... The pandemic came and we skyrocketed. Like we were the one business that we actually were the one business that went to the moon. Because people wanted cards. They wanted to collect. They wanted to buy. 
and then instantly like all these people in the whole seattle mm-hmm. was like there's a pokemon store oh let's go and they bought me out oh yeah they bought everything everything i had like down to like the the old um i had maybe a thousand dining legends <laughs> like packs that were just sitting there chilling right i want to give a quick shout out to this one yeah when Brian originally was like, I bought the whole inventory, he's showing me around. Because I had been buying cards from you. You know, yeah. I, I was like, G- give me these singles. Like, I need yeah. Agrow, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no one else has them. Yeah. And he's like, look at all these. And there's just tons of these boxes full of Shining Legends. Like, yeah. why would you want this trash? No yeah. one's ever going to want it. No one. And then the pandemic happens, and suddenly those packs are like, what, 10 bucks? 10, or... 11 dollars. Yeah. We could have sold them at 20 dollars at one point. Yeah. And I, I just felt bad. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was like, I got these for like $2. Like, I can't charge 10x. Oh, because it was such pack. a bad set. It was a horrible set. Yeah. Like, what are people digging? And they were the shiny cards weren't yeah. that expensive. No, I don't they think weren't. so. Not then. No. And that was and that was it was a crazy time to like have inventory. And yeah. we had inventory. We had old inventory. That was a big generations thing. boxes. Like right, like you know, Another five years ago, like technically bad set. Bad set. That no one had it. Because everyone bought it and stopped buying it, so they stopped printing it. Yeah. And then there you are. I just got it. And and I'm selling it for MSRP, and people are like, oh, $20? How many can I get? They're like, how many do you want? I have, like, 30 of these. Like, it's, it's buy it. Like, what? And I think that, that that became the, like, what I was known for, like, Brian. Brian has good stuff for, like, good prices. Yep. It's like, they, they're good prices because that's what MSRP was. Yes. Right? And MSRP is a good price. You walk in here and everything back there is MSRP with the yes. exception of the occasional, like, this is a rare collectible that's unopened, yeah. right? Like, obviously, those types of things are no longer selling okay. Wizard of the Coast unopened box for <laughs> MSRP, yeah. right? But yeah. you go back there and any of the, like, ETBs or anything yeah. like that, they're all just in the last, like, eight sets or whatever. Correct, yeah. You know you're going to pay MSRP for those things. Or less. Yes. Yeah, or less. And that's and the the stuff that isn't is often consignment or yeah. because I also what we do we buy sell trade right yeah and there are folks that like either they need to uh, they want to get rid of their old stuff so they can trade up into new stuff mm-hmm. and then get new cards yeah or sometimes they have old stuff and they need money right? yeah. and I I like to help it's it's fine we're helping people out like getting what they want when they need it. And I get what we want, and then our customers are able to buy it at an affordable price. Yeah. Rather than, like... One of those things uh, that sounds a little sketch, but, like, it's not. Because it's like, this hobby is a great investment. Yeah. If someone needs money, it's like, this is a great thing to have sitting in your back pocket of, like, all right, now here's the boxes I've been sitting on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a perfect trade-off, right? Yeah. Well, and that's that's how we see it, right? Like, it's it's a service we provide because... One, we hope that the community one will buy it from us. Yep. And then when they're ready to sell it, they need somewhere to put, you know, like be able to sell it. Yeah. So if you come in and you buy a box at $140 and then you sit on that box for two years and now your box is worth 300 and you come to me and be like, Brian, my box is worth 300 Can I get 250 for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, because you bought it from me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to put it back on sale and I'm going to make money again off of it. Yeah. Right. And that's, I feel like it's the fair trade, you know, like that comes around being and owning a, a store like you sell at the 
the correct prices and then when you buy it back and you buy it back at the correct prices everyone gets to win yep and that's what you want right it's like we all invested into it and then we all get to get the get the rewards right yeah we we get to share in the equity Fuck. and that's something so everyone listening to this and i know it because i'm on twitter with everyone else or i'm in discords with other locals where you know some stores would have use hidden fates as the big example yeah Hidden fates in stock, ETBs for a hundred plus dollars, right? People, and if, if you're listening to this and you bought that, I don't blame you because ET or hidden fates is a cool set, hard to find. But everyone who bought it that I've ever heard of for that marked up price is like, I'm not shopping at the store. Yeah. Like, I they're the only one that has it, and I want it. Yeah. But then you completely lose that. Like, I hate this place now. Yeah. And as someone who hates opening sealed product. I ain't buying from those places ever. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I know how much that thing is. I have this stupid Pokemon vending machine across the yeah, street yeah, from me. Yep. I love it. Anyone listen to this who's never been to the Seattle area yeah. or, like, any anywhere within the surrounding? There's these vending machines that only sell Pokemon cards at grocery yeah. stores. Freaking amazing. Awesome. I've, I've gotten any collectible set from the past yeah. two years. You just walk in. You're lucky. Boom, yeah. Walk out with MSRP, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then that that's what also caused the whole... The, the scalping and the gouging and the fights in lines and then the attacks in Target and the whole thing in Walmart, right? It's because people were scalping. And honestly, there were stores uh, that were scalping too. So what these people feel justified. Yeah. They're like, well, I'm just charging what the store is charging. The yeah. store is charging $150 for this box. Why can't I charge $150 for the box? Yeah. Why can't you? That, that store is doing it. And then people would come to my store and be like, Brian, how much? 50 bucks that's how much it costs that's yep. like, it's a etv with 10 packs in them yeah 50 dollars. and i, I gotta think... say it was also nice you always had signups in advance yeah and a limit yes it wasn't like one the first person to sign up bought your what? entire inventory yeah. yeah always a big deal there yeah and i think that was that was started when as soon as we you know i think it was champion's path yeah. It was one of the first ones where it's like... Those shiny Zards. Yeah, the shiny Zards, right? Everybody wanted a box. Yeah. And they, if they could buy 10 boxes, they would buy... They would have bought 10 boxes at $50. They would have spent $500. They would have dropped it. Oh, yeah. Right? But I didn't have, you know, no. 500 boxes to give everyone 10, you know? Yeah. Like, I had 50 boxes, and the sign-up list was for 50 people. And then later on down the road, it became, like, the list got too long. Yeah. So then it became, hey, I got 200 products... Um, I, out of my, out of my customer list, mm -hmm. we started going down the list and who's bought, who's continued to buy regardless. And whoever had the biggest spends, like we're like, Hey, we're offering you pick what you want. Pick one product, please. Yeah. And even down to when we got to celebrations, it was, can I have a UBC? Okay. I'm only getting 10 of these. Mm -hmm. So we gave out the first 10 were for the yeah. 10 top customers and everybody else got ETBs down the line. But we still had enough to get everybody at least got something. Yeah. Right? Everyone on the list got something. And then there's still the mini tins for people to come in and buy and whatnot. And to, and then we got restocked. Yep. And it was huge. I remember and walking else. in here on a Friday and you yeah. just had them. Yeah. And you're like, do you want one? I was like, well, yeah, this yeah. set's cool. Like, I want to open more awesome. of this set. Dude, the, the one thing we didn't do was store it all online and just like ship it. Yeah. Because we could have. Yeah. We definitely oh, yeah. Like, I think we accidentally once um, was just trying to put it on to the POS system mm -hmm. and then accidentally got online and someone got 50 of them. <laughs> 50, 50 ETBs of like, 
don't even have that many. Like, yeah, it's just, no. it's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> like, they sorry. Then they paid for it and everything. Yeah. Because it's an MSRP. Of course. And then I was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, this was an error. Like, that's your like... order. You will get a refund on this. Uh, yeah. But no. Yeah, it happened. So I'm curious then, and there might be some parts that you can't say due to like contract stuff, mm-hmm. but how does it work going through a distributor? If you say, I want 100 ETBs, do you get 100 ETBs? Or is it not that simple? Now we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary, but now we do. Um, is that because the shop's grown or because the hobby's no longer this like massive crunch? All of it, right? Oh, yeah. So I would say a year ago. Yeah. You order 100 ETBs and they would have said like, all right, cool. Uh, we'll see what we can send you. And you would get like 25, 30, right? It would be like two cases like, and a broken box of five. Yeah, just not like, even close. Not, we're not even close. And then then I would say maybe six months ago, um, then we were, were right around Astral, right? Yep. Even Brilliant Stars, um, you would order, we order like, you know, 200. Mm-hmm. And they're like, cool, here's 200. And we're like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> we weren't like, expecting to get all of them. Yeah, we, we didn't want all. We, are you sure? Like, <laughs> are you, are you sure? Like, well, what happened was, um, one, Pokemon fixed their printing. Yes, right? and we know this because we're close enough to. We are close enough to Pokemon where Pokemon employees come by, and they're very friendly, and we talk and mm-hmm. we chat, and they they're the. I feel bad for them, but. In, Pokemon employees are the last one to get product. Yes. I don't know if anybody knows that, but employee employees don't get handed everything they want, whatever they want. They get one and they get at the very end. Yep. Like they get free product. Yeah. But like you said, it's eventually they get free product. Eventually they get one thing later on down the the road. Like this is before the volunteer. Volunteers get product before those guys get product. Yeah. Media, everybody else gets, but anyways, like can't convert media gets product first. We are we are the very much the first as content creators. Yes. We are like very high on that priority yeah. list. You guys get the stuff first. Yeah. And then later on employees get it. But you know, they've even said that like they're gonna fix the they're gonna fix the production. They're gonna yeah. fix the printing. And sure enough, from Astro Radiance, they fixed it. Yeah. Right? So when we ordered what we ordered, um, we got exactly what we ordered. Like and it was good. We yeah. I I ordered. I feel like we might have ordered a little bit too heavy, but then it's also I picked up more on mm-hmm. top of what I thought I would I would sell. Yeah. And then it was like, hey Brian, um, got some orders that got canceled, and I was like, why cancel orders? And they're like, well, some businesses not doing so well. Yeah. Right. And I would assume it's the businesses that continue to either do the mass buying and then reselling mm-hmm. online. And they couldn't sell enough of the mass product, right? Yeah. So if you're trying to sell a thousand boxes making to make five dollars a box just so you can make five thousand dollars and then nobody buys your five thousand boxes, well, you're stuck in inventory. You're out big time. You're out big time. And people are getting hurt. And I think that's that's what caused a lot of one a lot of the big stores, even the big stores slowed down. Yeah. Like honestly, a lot of the big stores started asking me if I wanted any. Really? Yeah. And they're like, hey, do you need product? <laughs> no, I got my own. Like, really? What do you got, though? <laughs> like, we're, we're good yeah. over here. Yeah, we're good. What are you going to charge me? Because mm-hmm. I might be into this idea. And honestly, some of them did actually, they could, they matched distributor pricing. They're like, and I'm like, they're, they're essentially taking a loss at that. 
because and they they could do it because they needed to just dump products yeah some of the biggest stores were trying to sell us their product because even if they could dump it all they were still making money mm-hmm. off the you know five thousand units that they sold at msrp or just above right and so that that got them to where they wanted to be but if you when you buy from a distributor i have three i have three major distributors um, and How many distributors are there, like, total? I always assumed it was, like, just, like, two major, like, West Coast, East Coast type things. No, there, as far as Pokemon sales, I think there's six. Really? I think there's six. Oh, and wow. one, of, one of them that manages most of the out, you know, uh, European. Yeah. And then there are four, I believe, four or five in the U.S. I have three of them. Nice. And, and it's I have three of them because I've been trying to gain more inventory, right? Because... From 2000 to 2000 or 20 to 22, product's been limited. Yeah. So you got it where you could get it. Um, and at that time, you didn't care about even the price. Yeah. But you could pay more um, just so I could have product in stock. And it's funny because I'd have my district, district would even tell me, like, oh, we have to charge you more on. So we, could, we just got an evolving skies. Yep. Right. Again, the reprint, small reprint. Um, I ordered 300 boxes. I got 30, I think, total. Right? Then, and at the end of the day. Yeah. 30 total from all my all three of my distributors. So, they, their one distributor, which I've had four years, was like, oh, your cost is going to go up like $7. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's fine. I have another distributor. He's like, oh, it's going to be like $3 above your normal cost. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. The one distributor is like, it's going to be $30 above your normal cost. And I was like, Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you got to take them. Yeah. Right? You got to take them when you can get them. And some distributors have weird practices and the prices change here and there. And then some distributors, like, the, you know, the more you buy, uh-huh. the bigger your spend is, the more your allocation is. Right? Yeah. So even when you get dropped, like Astro Radiance, and Astro Radiance is a great set for players. Right? We love it. It should be for collectors, too, because the, the character's rares are so... Like, you get 16 hits in a box, and you're like, it's, I got ripped off. Yeah, it's <laughs> it. Like, it's a six set. The, what's crazy is, though, like, at a certain at a certain point, when there's the printing is full and capped out, yeah. there's so many boxes on the street. So the prices start to, you know, start to plummet. Yep. And I think at one point, Astro Radiance went down to, like, $85. Right? Which is cheap for... A brand new set with so many good cards. And then you got, you know, Evolving Skies gets a reprint and people are selling them at like 170, 180 already. They're like, oh man, I'm just going to keep it at MSRP. Is this the Rayquaza effect? Like, is there any? Because collectors will always say they're giving us more Charizards, they're giving us more Evolutions, and that's what's causing. Is there truth to that that you're finding? The Evolutions and the Rayquaza and the Charizards really do drive an individual set? Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Right? Because evo- so it didn't, nothing drove Evolving Skies in the very beginning. Like when it first came out, it was a great set. Yep. It had Eevees, it sold, right? It had Rayquaza. Yep. Um, but it stopped and boxes just sat on the shelf. Yeah. Right? And they sat there for a long time until someone determined that these Umbreon and Alternate Arts were worth $300. <laughs> and that's what drove it, right? Yeah. That's what drove the market to go crazy on the boxes. Yep. Because now, if there's a if 
someone if they determine that and whoever does this i don't know who does this but it's the people who will pay that price yeah right if there's a thousand people that will pay 350 dollars for a card mm -hmm. then that card is not worth 350 dollars. there's no denying it yeah right and when that inventory runs out and the prices get higher and higher there's no way to say well that box might have one of those cards so now the box is worth more money and that's what drives the sales right that's yeah not just the fact that there is evs rayquaza or charizard right if that was the case then brilliant stars should take off again right yeah. We can go back to Darkness of Blaze. Darkness, <laughs> I have Darkness of Blaze sitting on the shelf. It's it has Charizard in there. That's true. Come buy it. <laughs> Come buy it. I have like 20 like ETV boxes of Darkness of Blaze. There's Charizards in it. Come get there it. You go. If you're looking for Darkness of Blaze, come to Seattle. They have, and that's the thing, right? It's like, yes, sometimes. Yeah. Initially, yes. Sometimes Charizard will drive the set. Yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, it's... What are the cards worth? Like yeah. right now, the only thing driving Astral Radiance is Palkia. Yeah. Right? And Just the fact that it's a competitive card. Competitive card. Back and that's what people driving. need four of. Yes. Or, that's the only reason people will buy it. Yeah. Is because they want to they're like, Brian, why don't you break break it open? And like I have I have one customer who'll come in and be like, who'll do pack battles with me. Pack yeah. battles are six dollars a, a pack. That's three dollars, you know, times thirty six, which is, you know, really, really cheap if you open the whole box. Yeah. And he's just hoping to hit a pocket in there. <laughs> <He's done. laughs> Come on, do like we'll do ten. It's like thirty bucks, and we'll break them open. And, and still, there's no pockets. No, it's yeah. it's a hard to get card. It's a hard to get card. I opened you know the full box and ETB, mm -hmm. and pulled zero palkias. Pulled zero radius too for what it's worth, and that's yeah. another card that seems to be. Yep. A bit of a chase. I still don't own any because it's like a five dollar hollow rare. It's a five dollar hollow rare. Yeah. And that's, and I don't own Palkia's. If I own Palkia's, I don't own Radius. But, you know, that's an extra, like, every single box has these extra, like, well, I'm going to get my money back more and more, right? Yes. And I think that's, again, when we come down to how distribution works and how the cards work mm -hmm. and what causes the prices to, at the end of the day, you know what? Nobody knows. Nobody knows why. You have all these online viewers. I mean, I watch, I watch a lot of content creators. You know, I like to, you know, peruse Danny, you know, Danny stuff. And even, yeah. um, what's, uh, you know, what's the, the magic guy? Oh gosh. I have no idea. Alpha investments, right? Oh, Movie and Alpha okay. investment. Right? I have them, yeah. Um, even just to know what, what people are thinking about, why, what causes the market to do the crazy things that the market does. Yeah. And then you have to think in like, oh, there's an economy and then there's a pandemic, and then there's global inflation, right? There's all these things going on. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, we don't know why. <laughs> it just does what it does. Yeah. And then I think there are, you know, the true believers, like like I feel like I was, was like, the, whatever will happen, will happen. Yep. And if you do what good people do, which is you build community mm -hmm. and... I think a long time ago, I learned as a salesman, I've been doing sales for 20 years. Yeah. As a salesperson, it's not about doing sales. It's about making friends. Yep. And building relationships. And, you know, sticking to your word and having integrity. Right? That's that's what makes a good store. Is you can go there and that's what you find. Yep. Is like good, honest people. Yeah. Right? And then, there, and then what, but what you mostly find is, oh, 
I remember when I was like 12 or 15 years old and I brought my cards and <laughs> this guy paid me like $10 for my Charizard and ripped me off. Yeah. There's a lot of those stories. Right? Oh, I, I believe that. Yeah. The fear and the hate of like, you buy from trading card places and then you know that you're going to get gypped when you go and sell your cards back because they're going to they're gonna take you for all you got. Yeah. It's always it's hard for anyone who's like, and there's probably no one listening to the podcast, but like yeah. you may have been in this situation when you were younger or whatever, yeah. when you're not in the hobby, but you have the cards, mm-hmm. so you don't know enough to tell someone they're wrong Yeah, because it's very easy to be like, well, I looked this up on eBay and they're like, oh, it's a different card because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Sometimes it is a different card. Yeah. I've had coworkers who are like, I have my old Pokemon collection. Like I looked this up and it's $800 card. And I'm like, no, this isn't. This is not first edition and this is not near mint. <laughs> <laughs> this is a $10 card. Maybe. Yeah. Like, so, it's not PSA graded, buddy. Right. <laughs> like, the other one is a PSA 10. This one has a giant crease down the middle. Yeah. yeah. Like, you chewed on this one. Like, I don't know what you want from this. And I assume you have people come in with those same things, and it's like, <laughs> how do you get the, How do you get that, like, trust of, like, I'm not trying to rip you off. Like, this is just not the same thing as yeah. what you saw on eBay. And that, it's fun, actually. Yeah. Like, it's, I feel like sitting and explaining to customers how everything works and the way, um... Mm-hmm the cards are conditioned and then even with young kids the young kids is the most important part right like oh, yeah. teaching them conditioning and like how to take care of because that's the first thing i taught polaris is like look i know you like that car but you can't pull it out of your pocket and ask me how much <laughs> i'm gonna tell you probably nothing like it's not even in the sleeve yeah that's no one taught me that stuff yeah. otherwise because i'd love to be like oh when i was a kid i had x y and z and if i'd kept them they would have been worth nothing yeah because i played with my blastoise and gyarados with no sleeves. Yes. Like, they were beat back. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I got energy, energy, energy. Slam <laughs> that sucker on there. And I see it today, too. Like, kids be playing, even with the sleeves, I'm like, please stop slamming your cards down. I'm not going to buy them back from you. <laughs> like, if you keep if you keep curling your cards like that and keep bending on, I'm not buying that back from you five years from now. <laughs> so, important part of the competitive debate. Mash versus riffle shuffling. Can you tell? Is there actual value loss? From riffle shuffling. Yes. There is. Depending on who you are, yes. Lee Bowie's card. <laughs> Lee's cards. Corey, Corey Moneymaker's cards. Those cards are worth less. 100%. They're worth less. Like, And it's because they, they go hard. Yeah. Lee shuffles his cards hard. He does, I don't think he cares. No, he is never going to sell those cards. He's never going to sell them. I mean, he might trade them in to me and be like, Brian, can I get this, this, and this? And be like... I guess. <laughs> yeah, like your card is just a taco shell. Yeah, like, your, your card is crimped. <laughs> I'm going to give you a dollar for it. Like, it would have been worth 10. But he'll take that dollar. He'll take that. And then a competitive player will come in and buy that damaged card. Because mm-hmm. I will happily buy a moderately played for less. Yeah. I should just start having him sign them and be like, look, this is played by Lee Bully. <laughs> is it worth something? Like, I don't know. It's already damaged. So, from the professional, there is a yeah. difference. For all of our uh, riffle shufflers out there. Yeah. There is a difference. <laughs> Be yes. careful. You will lose value. Oh, we're talking, right? I mean, and you can look at the most played cards and the cards that go into deck after deck after deck. Ultra Ball. Like, Ultra Ball. Your gold Ultra Balls are often damaged. Via Seekers were heavily damaged, yeah. right? Um, your Professor Sycamores, your Full Arts, right? They're yeah. all, like, just... Ugh. And 
and for a long time like, you always be like oh my god i love this card like damn because n was like it was legal for like six years right yeah it's good Most people, you only unsleeve it to put it in a new sleeve yes like, that was yeah it, it was in every deck it. yeah you yeah. just moved it from sleeve and you only sometimes you only had one or two yeah right so it's the same one in every deck that you why played, would you but, switch it out yeah, yeah exactly you moved it like, like oh new deck same card <laughs> yes and they come back and they're used and they're played um it's a, and some of them are, I mean, to me, they're still beautiful. That's a, like, you know, some of the cards on the wall, yeah. like, are, are that way. They were cards that people played with, and that's why they end up on the walls, because they're damaged. There's a um, a golden execute, like, right? I tried to do where flipped. Right there, right? Is yeah. It, is it, I'm pretty, yeah. Yeah, one of the gold. Yeah, it's it, They're really pretty cards. Yeah, beautiful cards, like, but not worth anything. Yeah, because it's, it's too damage for any collector. Two damage grenade collector no longer playable. Okay, it's not even good in the sleeve anymore. Yes, then. I yeah. mean the, a lot of them aren't. They're like so bent now that like if you put it in the deck, like <laughs> Mark's card. Yep, you get deck checked. And then check, you're done. I also have an interesting one with the amount of people who'd get deck list errors because of their ace spec. But yeah. it's like I have to play this because there's no other ace specs available. Yes. Yeah, it's always that interesting. But anyway, so we go going back to kids coming in. You're teaching them how to take care of their cards and stuff yes. like that. Is that always a big deal? Like a kid comes in with buys a pack, they pull a colossal V. Yeah. Are you giving them a sleeve and yes, telling them 100%. immediately? Yeah, it doesn't matter which V it is, right? Which yeah. kind of, if you teach kids early that like anything shiny, anything that you like, I mean, I, I'll tell them that all the time. Do you like the card? If you like the card, put it in a sleeve, put it in your binder. Yeah. Right. It, you don't have a binder here. Put it in a hard sleeve. Right. Take care of your cards, especially the cards that you like, mm -hmm. because later on someday, it's not just that you might be able and want to sell it. It might be you might want to give it to someone. Yeah. I want to give it to your children. Right. I'm not. I'm sure children aren't thinking about having children, but but no, I think of like... it that way as an as an adult and a parent. Like I wish I would have saved. I I mean my magic deck from 1996 is like back there somewhere yeah you know and if players ever plays magic be like here you go man this is like worth five grand <laughs> right <laughs> i'm sorry but i did take care of them when i played with them but i wish i would have i wish i would have and everybody sees me like oh that car's still worth money even though it's damaged i'm like yeah i just wish someone would have told me back when i was a yeah. kid they're like probably take care of those cards better like no one told us anything no one no. knew back then playing with a deck in penny sleeves yes. wasn't unheard of yeah. As like, uh, oh, I'm protecting my cards. Because yeah, yeah. it was something. That's yeah, what you did. Yeah. yeah. Dragon Shields didn't exist. Ultra Pros, I mean, they might have existed, but they weren't everywhere. They weren't no. pushed by store owners and stuff like that. No. Of like, hey, you should protect your cards. No. Or they weren't just plain given out. Yeah. I couldn't imagine the store that I bought Pokemon cards from actually just like giving me like, here, yeah. take these things. Yeah. Take these sleeves. Take yeah. a hard case. Yeah. Please no. put them in something. Like, yes. Take care of your stuff, because that way, because I, I still have, I have, I have young adults that show up and be like, "How much? How much is this worth?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah. "What did you do to it?" <laughs> like, that's not worth anything, and it, it's heartbreaking to some of them, right? Yeah. Because they're like, "Oh man, you telling me this card was worth like a thousand dollars?" And I was like, "What a man!" Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know why you. What did you do with it? He's like, he used to just put it in, you know. Wrap it up in a rubber band and put it in my pocket. Yeah, and it was always right. the top card in the rubber band because it was the coolest one. Yeah. And that's the one getting all the damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never fail. <laughs> yeah. I have kids. Oh, yeah. Two of them. <laughs> I hope they take care of them. Oh, and, and the, and the three-year-old, right? And this, that's how early they'll learn. They'll learn at three years old yeah. that it needs to go on a sleeve. He'll tell people, like, you have to put it in the sleeve. 
put it in a sleeve and then put it in the binder. And I can confirm, I've seen your youngest open up packs yeah. and immediately, oh, I pulled something good and I know it's good because it's shiny. Yeah, it, shiny. It's that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. And then yeah. he puts it in his sleeve. Well, put it in his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Right? So, yeah. Why? So you played Pokemon, obviously. You and Polar, or you and your oldest played Pokemon, yes. right? Yeah. Why is the store Pokemon only? Or not only, only. There's also Digimon here. There's also no. MetaZoo here. Meta there's a little bit of Dragon Ball, a little bit of Magic. There will but be one piece. One piece, for sure. 100%. Let's go. Uh, but it is mostly Pokemon. You walk outside, or you look up on anyone who's going to, okay, go to Google and check out Tabletop Village. One of the very first things you'll find on Google Maps is a picture of the mural outside. Yes. Which is? Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. It is, yeah. It is your, what? Ghastly Haunter Gengar, yep. if I remember correctly. Yep, yep. Yep. And yep. then... And, and uh, no, Muck, not Gengar. Muck, okay. Yeah. And then there's more. There's, there's... there's Snorlax somewhere. There used to be a there's, Snorlax it's somewhere. kind of a Snorlax. I don't know. The PD <laughs> artist changed it. Um, and then you come right in, and there's another mural. Yep. Right? Yeah, another mural. You continue to walk in the store. You see Pokemon Go posters. You see Gym Challenge stuff. You see an uncut sheet of first edition Machamps hanging mm -hmm. up there. You see it's Pokemon everywhere yes why pokemon's the best no <laughs> well that's it done done my draw um one because it doesn't exist i feel like it didn't exist yeah right and it and i don't feel i feel like it still doesn't exist mm -hmm. um and this is primarily because the majority of local game store owners they didn't they don't find Pokemon as their moneymaker, right? Yeah. I, I feel like they, they look at Pokemon as like this side thing that we they, they, not anymore. It used <laughs> to be just a side thing that the kids would buy packs. Yeah. They would sell a few packs here and there, yep. some of the you know, the boxes. But they were like, you know what sells that? Walmart sells that, Target sells that, you know, Pokemon Center sells that. They, they can buy that stuff from them. Yeah. It wasn't a moneymaker to them. But then you go in a store and there's like cases and cases and cases of like magic. There's dedicated like deck builders for magic. There's all these boxes for magic, collectibles for magic, sleeves for magic, playmats for magic. Yeah. Everything's for magic. Yeah. And then the or then there's Yu-Gi-Oh! and they so 75% magic, 25% Yu-Gi-Oh! And you're one okay, twenty four percent Yu Gi Oh, one percent like Pokemon and everything else. Yep. Right. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Would you want to play anything else here? Yeah. Like, like Pokemon already is such so low in the Seattle area, but yeah. ooh, gosh forbid anything but the big three. Yeah. Yeah. And and you would go to these stores, and I would go to these stores, and I would bring my kid to these stores. Yep. And we would meet up with a few friends. We would play some games. Right. We'd be in a cup or a challenge because that's the only time we would actually go there. Oh, they of would course. have league. They would have league sometimes. But nobody really went to league. Like we went there when it was getting close to a cup. Yeah. Or it was getting close to the regional. We would go to league and then we would play just so we could get some practice in. Yeah. Because they had a dedicated hour for us to play. Yep. And then you'd get through that hour and it'd be like, Pokemon players, time to go. <laughs> we need magic. We'll have magic. They have a tournament. There's gonna be a tournament. Yep. Like and then they would give us the first, you know, like the first three hours of the day. Yeah. So you had to show up there hella early. Yep. Right? And be like, okay. Pokemon, go, hurry up, yep. get out. And it was like, and it was like, I, I hated it. I hated that feeling of like, 
we had no home. Yeah. Right? Like, if you, you go to any of the big stores around here. Yep. Like, Magic, they have a home floor. Yeah. Right? Like, you can play Magic there all day. There's five, ten players, people playing Magic all the time. Right? You go to, and then they have Yu-Gi-Oh. I, Yu-Gi-Oh, there's two stores that do Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And they, you can go there anytime. There's people playing Yu-Gi-Oh. But there's nowhere where, like, the Pokemon players could go. Yes. They come to play. Yep. And that's why it's primarily Pokemon. And um, it was a scary thing to do because you you go and you look and you look at people and they'd be like, "Oh, you can't do, you can't just do once, you can't just do one game. If you just do one game, you're gonna, you're not gonna make it." Yep. Right. You have to do magic. You have to 100% do magic because if you don't do magic, no one's gonna buy anything from you. Like magic is your money maker. Yeah. Make money selling magic. I said no. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, don't we don't need to, I don't need to make money. Yeah, yeah, of I'm, course. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I never make money. Yeah, I'm just gonna sell Pokemon cards and just live off of love. <laughs> and it worked. It did, and that's. I think that's what it was. Is that I even then recognized there wasn't the space. Yeah. Um, and everybody like if you can find niche markets, um, even in any business sense, mm-hmm. right? Like and be the first and the only, then you get the whole market. Right? Yeah. And if you, one, love and treat that market and create it as created into community and not just customers, yeah. then your community shows up, right? And they want to play and they want to enjoy and they'll support the business anyway. Yep. And at that point, because we're able to do it throughout the pandemic, um, we're now like, we positioned ourselves as... I keep getting told one of the only Pokemon stores like in the US. From my understanding, that is a yes. I think so. I, every time on stream where I'm talking about the store and like yeah. why I love it, like why I put the logo on everything and it's like, yeah. hey, you know, check it out. It's like, because it's dedicated Pokemon. Everyone's like, no, it's not. Like, that's not a thing. And it's like, yeah. yes, that is in fact a thing. Yeah. Just here, be- here it's a thing. And so he, the Pokemon Go people showed up. Yeah. Right. And there was 150 people. Yeah, because GoFest was just in Seattle Go-Fest last week. Yeah. yeah. Right, and they showed up, and they're like, "It's all Pokemon." <laughs> they're like, "There's no place like this." Yeah, they're like, "This is so cool," and they they enjoyed themselves. Not and, and again, it was cool to see Pokemon people who were there because they love Pokemon. Yeah, find a home and say, "Oh, we can come here and play Pokemon, and no one's gonna chase us off." Yep. Right. This is it's like this, this is like the Pokemon block. Yeah. Like, come here, you can play Pokemon. No one's ever gonna tell you you can't play Pokemon. It's whenever you want. Like when you walk in the store, there are people yeah. either playing the game or want someone to play the game with them. Yes. Like it never fails. Yeah. yeah, you can always get a game of Pokemon in. Yeah, um, I would, and that and this also makes it a little bit hard and confusing because I have at a then no store does this right. Where it's like oh Pokemon League Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, and then we'll part start filling in cups and challenges, right? Yeah. And people are going to be like, well, which day do I come play Pokemon? It's like, every day. Yeah, whenever you want. Yeah, come play Pokemon whenever you want. And that's, again, like, that's why it's 100% or 99% Pokemon. Because we don't, there is no other place yeah. like it. And it, as soon as all the other stars start opening up and doing all the other things, then maybe, you know, there'll be less less reason to come here you can go closer to your home but then we would have said we we did something right yeah like we forced it. we already forced it like i would say i wouldn't i'm not 100 percent confirm but we caused the price drops in seattle right 
um, there when stores were out there scalping their customers, all of them, all of them, <laughs> except me. Yeah, they people told the told owners, yeah. like you can't do this. They're like, why? They're like, yeah, we can. You can't get it anywhere. Like, no, we can. <laughs> and we will. We'll yeah. go to tabletop and get it. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, we'll drive an extra half hour. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they did. Oh. People that were like, they came. They're like, so and so was trying to sell it for like a hundred, and I was like, and you had it for fifty. Yeah. And so we're buying it from you, Brian. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, we're never going back there again. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> right. Like that wasn't my plan. I'm just trying to sell the cards for what for, they're worth or for what they what should be worth. They sh- for what a business can make and create a living off of. Right. Yeah. Right. I would. I would say if I even if. So if you have 40 employees, mm-hmm. right, you're making money doing something else. It's yeah. not just, you're not just making money by selling, oh, you have to sell these at double in order to make a you know living. No, that's yeah. not true. You don't have to. You have other stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Like the only person that probably could have justified selling it for double would have been me. Yeah, the person who's Pokemon. Only. Yeah, the person that's only selling Pokemon. I'm not selling anything else and not making money off anything else. Yeah. Right? Would be the only person with me <laughs> who should have been justified to do it. And I didn't do it. And it's it's so perfect. That's one of those things of like, this is the energy everyone should bring. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, is owning a card store a good way to become a millionaire? No. <laughs> it's a good way to go broke, probably, if you do it wrong. And so you go, go back to that original question of like, you know, all these players. Like, we were playing. Yeah. And it was funny because, you know, the same Dr. Frank was like, no, you don't want to do this. Like, it's crazy. Like, why would you want to, like, you have overhead. You're going to end up with employees. You're going to end up, like, having inventory. You're going to have unsold inventory. And there's a whole economy for it. It's the worst way. If you if you really wanted to become a millionaire, just don't open a store. Mm-hmm. on the Open something online and sell stuff online and, you know, do things that way. Yeah. And we have, we, we know a lot of folks who buy, sell, trade, you know, in person and online. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, again, I don't do it just to make the money. Yeah. I do it because I love doing it. Right. It's like building community and sharing and like creating and then, you know, having the kids come in and my kids growing and becoming, you know, good players. Right. Yeah. And not just good players, but they learn a lot. Yes. You know, they, they learn how to be good people. Yep, and that's that to me is like that's what you you better love that more than money because that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> like you get more of that than anything else. Yeah, the money the money comes because you love it and you don't have to chase it. Um, and hopefully it's sustainable and it continues to be sustainable, and we can continue to like be in a space. Yeah. Right? Um, but as things get more expensive and rent gets more expensive. Electricity gets more expensive. People get more expensive. Labor gets more expensive. You just have to make adjustments, right? So you yeah. just make adjustments in other places. But it's not a, it's not a good way to become a millionaire. Like I, people look at that wall and be like, "Oh, that's worth a lot of money, huh?" I'm like, "Have you looked at the cards?" <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there's no, you know, there's not, there's, it's not huge money in selling a sealed product kids and collectors um especially when there's a huge market out there yeah. that you're competing with um 
Yeah, and it's I no was... secret that like TCG player exists. Yes. Like, if you want they're... cards for five bucks, there you go. Yeah. They're on TCG player. And guess what? The prices are in my store. TCG player low. Yeah. Yeah. And why do I sell it in store and not on TCG player? Because I don't have to pay the fee. Yeah. Right? It, it it's one of those again a win win. Yeah. I come in. I need a colossal V Max. Yeah. It's like, all right, three bucks. Cool. What would yeah. I paid on TCG player? Three bucks. Three bucks. Yeah. What I got here next week, yeah. and I need it for today's deck. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, right? And people feel good about that. So if you can stomach that kind of like ups and downs and losses, because sometimes it doesn't, you know, you, I would say there are cards out there that I bought from customers or gave them the trade value. Of fifty percent or sixty percent, yeah, that's worth like, oh, this is a hundred dollar card. Brian, you give me sixty dollars for it? <sighs> yes, you know that it's early, right? Like this card's gonna drop, and then now the cards were thirty bucks, and then I lost a whole, you know, yeah, a whole thirty on it, and then people go like, Brian, sixty percent, that's not a lot, or fifty percent in cash, that's not a lot, you know, this card's worth a lot of money. I was like, it's worth a lot of money today, yeah, right. You you know you want to go in the back and see how much bulk I have that was like I bought it two cents that's not worth you know that's not worth a well, half a penny yeah like it's a risk that you take it happens right um but it's again it's like it's not you can't do it for the money don't don't be a store owner do it for the money you're, <laughs> you're, do, you're, do you're, it for the love do it for the love the community yeah and I would agree it's like. If there was, if the, if someone came by and said, Brian, we love what you're doing. Here's here's uh, two million dollars. We'd love to buy your business. I'd be like, cool, buy my business. <laughs> it's all buy, yours. It's it's all yours. It's all yours, and I'll run the store for you for the rest of my life. Yeah, that would you know, like that's, that's all you need. Two million dollars, you know, invested. Be like, you're good. Get to hang out, play Pokemon, teach people Pokemon, just share the love of yeah. like. I saw a Leon Hart video and I want to open something because it looked really fun. You're yeah. like, all right, I got you. Let me yeah. transition you into loving the hobby that yes. has given me so much of my life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that's, and so you, I remember watching Leon Hart, but like, Polaris, that was one of Polaris' first one, that, that and Darius, right? Oh, yeah. Just watching people crack packs. Yeah. Like, oh, I love it. Love it. Let's crack all the packs. Let's crack all the packs in the world. And then you'd be like, damn, we just cracked all those packs. And, we didn't come there out. Nothing <laughs> There's nothing in these packs, damn it. Like, why is why is it whenever we watch something, they always get something. When we do it, there's nothing in there. That was one of my favorites during that, that the peak of the pandemic. People who know nothing about Pokemon. Like, I've got a base set booster pack here, and they're opening mm. it, and they're a Beedrill. Beedrill. What's this worth? 20 bucks? I paid 800 for this pack. <laughs> it's a rare. It's kind of rare. You got rare Pokemon. Better get it graded. <laughs> Very great. I hope someone will buy a PSA 10 Beedrill for like 200. On a slightly related note, did you see uh, Leon Hart put out his competitive team? Team Rare Candy is like pack openers and stuff of YouTube content creators. He also has the competitive aspect of it now. Competitive the, pack opening? The, no, competitive oh, players. Like, who can open the pack so fast? Let's go. I'm in. Ah, oh, who can open the best? Who's the luckiest? But no. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's just just on the competitive aspect of the podcast. Really? It was, yeah, it's really cool news. Yeah, so Frank Persick, Andrew Kennett, and Caleb Gettimer are oh, all wow. the like big. Yeah, so he's going big. Oh, but I'm excited to see someone with that much them. money and most importantly, that big of a YouTube following. Yeah, yeah. To do good something competitive. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. I mean, Le- Leon, um, Leon Hart, you know, Darium's like 
you know, Tricky Jim and the Full Grip guys, like to see what they do, um, like that's where that's I'd love for that to happen for us, right? Like I want this to be the Full Grip of the West. Yes, that's that's what I say. Like I always want to be Full Grip with like West Coast. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's they're very much uh into the community yep. more than it is about just making the money. Yes. Right, and that's that to me is like where where things need to be in order for you to be a good store owner. Oh yeah. One more important thing. Yes. Because you brought up a little while ago. Yeah. You're not about not into making money. You do have to make money. Yes. We have to make money. You buy bulk. We buy bulk. What are some of the best finds you found in bulk? Are there any are there any bulk. like big hits of like, oh they didn't realize what they were trading in? Um or is it nothing better than like was, a prop a? There was one time I remember so actually this happened just recently like someone brought in a bunch of promo cards. Yeah. Right. And they're like, Oh, we got this big box of promo cards that we got from our friend and they just sold it all to us. And they got it from, you know, some was a close employee. And I was like, yeah. Oh, let me, <laughs> With let, me employee, okay. <laughs> let me see what's in there. Then start going through the cards and they're like, yeah, these are the ones that are shiny and hollow. And then these are the ones that are like, eh, just whatever cards. And I'm like, yeah. All right. oh, these are all nice. Like, what do you want to do with them? And you're like, well, what thing about get them graded? I was like, excellent. If you're gonna keep them, grade them. They're in decent condition. Perfect. Yeah. And then I start going through the other ones, and I'm like, what do you want to do with these? They're like, oh, just sell those. Those aren't worth anything, right? And I was like, because they're not shiny. They're like, yeah, they're not shiny. So who cares? I'm like, well, this one happens to be a New York City promo. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> once in it. Um. Let me show you what this that, is worth. Yeah. They're like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, this card is worth all those cards. <laughs> like, oh, here's the other side to it too. Um, so yeah, these two cards in perfect condition, in which they are, you should probably grade them because you probably get like, you know, a few thousand dollars for them. Yeah. He's like, I was like, I had no idea. And I was like, and that's the thing. Most people don't know old cards. Oh, no, right? I don't. I don't. I, I remember the first time we were sorting through all the stuff that I had bought from Jimmy. Yep. Um, I had sat down with one of the local guys and he was like going through it and he's like, he was, I think he was 16 at the time. Didn't even drive. Right? Didn't drive yeah. right? Like he's like going through and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my, right. We got to get all these cards graded and then we got to get them back and we got to sell them. And like, I was like, why? And he's like, all these cards are worth a hell of money. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, where's the stuff that we play with? <laughs> like, I need the stuff we play with. I don't know this stuff. So like that, and that still that happens all the time, right? Like yeah. people buy the bulk, they bring the bulk, they bring all their cards. Um, they don't know what scoop of nets are, they don't know what drizzles are. I love the collectors, and for that reason, right? There are there, the Pokemon community is not just like one person, right? It's not one type. Yeah, it's so many different types of people, right? You have your players, competitive yep. players. You have your kind of like, they like to just play the game, but they like to collect at the same time. Yep. You have your hardcore collectors that don't know a thing about playing the game. Yep. And then, then you got kids and grandmas and everybody else. Yeah. And then you got these big collectors, uh, pack breakers, online breakers, and they're like, oh, they get the, you know, people buy it and they just want to hit. Yep. And then I have all this bulk. And they're like, Brian, here's all the bulk. And I was like, here's all the scoop of net and the yep. house and, you know, and all the ultra balls and right every every trainer and we get tons of them they don't you know and i pay four cents for them or two cents or one cent or whatever the rate is at the time 
and they sit on a shelf. Yeah. And someday they sell for and make money. I think one of the the newest, biggest like mistakes, and this one was funny because I was like going through their bulk and I'm like, yes, oh, we'll get this back. <laughs> and you pull it out and it's like like a golden teleon. Oh wow. Yeah, and I'm like they it shouldn't like, have been there. <laughs> they, they, like they know this. It was stuck to probably I think at the back of a uh, the reverse hollow. Yeah. I'm like they didn't know this. <laughs> Hey, um, you're too honest. I got, I got a car you left behind. You're like, oh, I needed that one. That's all cool. Like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, but yeah, bulk. Um, bulk is bulk is another another beast in a good market. Like, yeah. I think if you really wanted to find a way to make money, that's how you do it. Is you buy and sell bulk. Yeah, right. That economy does exist. Oh, it's, for sure. It's a good. It's a good economy. Someone yeah. who doesn't get any packs and has to buy all of my uncommons and commons yeah. and hollow rares and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can make that money because someone's going to sell you that spirit tomb for 25 cents and then i'm going to come buy the spirit tomb for three dollars i don't sell spirit tombs for three dollars i think Wait. that's what i bought them for oh yeah and then thankfully i got in on the ground floor of spirit tomb because that came up to like a ten dollar card at one point really same with the uh, unbroken bonds mew yeah that's another one that like i just gotta bite the bullet two dollars yeah and yeah, yeah. not a two dollar card it's <laughs> not a two dollar card anymore I'm, there was um when we were in i went to vegas one time we were in, oh we'll go peruse the co- local card shops yeah and then they didn't have any price on any of the cards in the case i was like hey you know what how much for this drizzle they're like seven dollars and i was like this one drizzles were worth two and i was yeah. like let me take it i'm like i want to buy a seven dollar drizzle like are these people insane like i would want to take it to the counter they're, they rang me up and they're like seven dollars and i was like where are you getting this price where does it come from like, it's not ptg player he's making it up he's making it you just made their <laughs> price up and i'm like that's crazy i was like i sell bees for two dollars maybe you just mark them all up to five and be like so you don't want to buy five dollars b they're all bees yeah they're shiny yeah, it's an ultra rare, tiny, ultra rare. Only one in like, I don't know. A, there's what six in a box at the most. Pretty good boxes, yeah. yeah Probably good, about like six. A great box, six. yeah, yeah. That's like, dude, eighteen dollars with at least five, six dollars a piece. Easy, yeah. Why not? Just like a what is that? A um, a radiant. Oh gosh, you get like one or two a box usually. One or two a box. It's at least fifty bucks a piece. <laughs> pay for half the box. Pay for half the box. Got at least pay for some of it. Who's, how was he gonna make money? <laughs> oh my god! Like only if, only if. Brian, if anyone has listened to all of this, yeah. made it to the end. First made off, thank you, end. thank you. And still wants to eventually maybe buy a card store, own a card store. Yes. Do you have a last piece of advice or wisdom or discouragement potentially for anyone no. who wants to? <laughs> I I honestly wish there were more like yeah. good ones yeah right then i wouldn't have had to made one <laughs> i could just go through that one i could have just went in there like and yeah. enjoyed it right so you can That's see the stuff right so yeah. you can see the things that people don't have right you can it can be like a museum you can enjoy being around other pokemon players mm-hmm. um if you don't have it in your neighborhood maybe there's a way to build it yeah and if you can, and you can create that community and they come around. So I would say, like, if you're in the middle of nowhere, yep. yeah, build it. Like, oh, yeah. People will come because Pokemon is that good. Like, the cards, the games, the videos, the company, yep. like, it's that good. 
like if you build it people around the area will come in and enjoy it there oh yeah so yes if you can if you're if you if you come from money or you have money please do like oh yeah go out there and spend money and make make a pokemon center like grab pay some employees 65 75 dollars a year whatever that what people are worth today yeah make sure they're good like do it and the interesting thing about that one if you can afford to pay employees you can pay a lot of people college students or even high school yeah. students thinking of casting right now yeah who are an encyclopedia yeah of card values yes there's a lot of people out there who yeah who know are very qualified very for the job yeah. and just no one wants to hire them because no yeah. one's pokemon specific yeah. yeah yeah and then and then include other stuff right i think that's that's like the next iteration of tabletop village is we start to include when v, vgc yeah right? we're obviously going to include pokemon go as a hit right get be pokemon centric and like the pokemon people will come there's oh yeah tons of them right they don't have there's not enough like if someone ever called me and be like hey i want to open something like this on the east coast or in the middle of like arizona or something be like yeah, what you need to know. I'll tell you all the things you need to know. <laughs> what do you you want to call call it Tabletop Village, Arizona? I don't care. Phoenix Tabletop. Now we're talking. I got a place to visit when I'm down there. There is no good location. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> mom, guess what? You're opening up a Tabletop Village. Just franchise. You gotta do something when she's retired. Yeah. Might as well. So yeah, that's what I, you know. That's true. If you can, can. Yeah. Do it. If, and make it. And just you know put put everything into it but the number one thing is you gotta you gotta love the game and love the people yep and then you can if you don't then don't because you're gonna be around them a lot they're gonna want to talk to you yeah a lot i can confirm i will come in here and sometimes be like hey i need to tell you about this deck that i made yeah yeah and that and that's the best part about being the shop owner is you get and get to spend time with people yep talk to people do your thing and then at some point we'll get down to business and sell some <laughs> eventually eventually so if people are interested and they want to get in contact with mm-hmm. you how can they get in contact with you uh best way is through email i'm email old. i'm old you're officially the I'm oldest old. person we've had on the pod i don't know I if that's am. true but i probably am technologically <laughs> so if you really really want to get a hold of me the best way to do is to email me okay brian b-r-i-n at tabletopvillage.com perfect i will answer my emails this next best way to find out what we're doing and everything else is Instagram, which is attached to Facebook. So whatever you know, we post on Instagram. You go on Facebook. I know there's some people who still watch Facebook. And every you're once the in a while, second person to say they're on Facebook, so yeah. you're not that old. <laughs> yeah. And every once in a while, we do get on Twitter, and then we have a Discord. Yeah. Um. So you can always jump on Discord. I'm a noob at Discord. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um. I can confirm. Yes. 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 I'm like, like, can you make a channel? I'm like, uh, hey, can you make a channel? <laughs> can you make a channel? Like, I don't know how to make channels. What are you talking about, channel? Like, yeah. But so that's the best way. Um, Tabletop Village LLC mm-hmm. at Tabletop Village LLC, um, and then you can go to our website, and we post most of the what we're selling and what we're doing and our calendar, all on TabletopVillage.com. Awesome. I'll have some of those linked down below. So if anyone out there happens to be listening to this and is actually serious, like, hey, this sounds kind of cool. You're interested in talking to someone who's done it? Yeah. Reach out to Brian. Or even if you're just kind of flirting with the idea a little bit. Yeah. 
Otherwise, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed hearing the inner workings of the store that I go to all the time. And if you're ever in Seattle, I cannot recommend enough to come here. A, like you said, like a museum, yeah. Yeah. you will see things Pokemon related. You will not see anywhere else, literally in the world. There's some really cool collectible items here. And most importantly, this man will tell you anything you want to do in Seattle. You can come yes. to the city with no itinerary, come to tabletop first. All right, yeah. what should I do this weekend? Brian, I'll yeah. give you some suggestions. I, will tell I know you where to eat to or anything what like to that. Eat. At the very least, everywhere around this city, yeah. or everywhere around the store has tons of good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't you can go wrong. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can literally come here, stay at a hotel, like, you know, a block down the way, and be happy. Oh, get, yeah. every, get everywhere and do everything in Seattle. Of course, myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.